Well, hello there, and welcome to the Clean Stage Podcast. If you're a longtime fan, welcome back. I'm Angela Lucier. I am your host. I'm also an award-winning speaker, author, and founder and CEO of the Speaker Sisterhood, which is a network of public speaking clubs for women. Hey, I want to say it's really great to have you here. I'm really, really enjoying this podcast experience, and we are quickly approaching episode 50. But as you know, the last episode was episode 49. And episode 50 is the big celebration episode where I reveal something very cool to you for the first time ever. But it's not quite ready yet. So in the meantime, I have another special episode for you, which I'm titling episode 49 and a half. (laughs) And we're talking about a topic that doesn't get discussed often, but is actually on our lips every day. And that topic is filler words. How often are you in conversation or giving a speech and you catch yourself saying words like, um, or so, or like, these are filler words. And if you pay attention to them, you'll notice they are everywhere. And you know what they're doing? They are reducing the impact of what you have to say. And every time you open your mouth, You want to make sure you're speaking with impact, right? That's the point. And if you're not, this episode will help you to get better at that. And I am so aware at this very moment of how many filler words I am using. Throughout this entire interview with Audrey Mann Cronin, who is an amazing woman who built an app for this, I was so aware of my filler words. Right before I would start to ask a question, I would think, okay, don't use a filler word. Because it's a lifelong practice, you guys, (laughs) getting used to not using those words. They are so prevalent, especially with the younger generation. And it's something I think we spend so much of our life trying to curb and improve. In today's episode, we're going to talk about why we should avoid them, some strategies to get better at getting them out of our vocabulary, or at least avoiding them in important conversations and on stage, and how to speak so that you really say what you want to say and people listen. And there are some differences between the way women communicate and men, and we talk about that as well and why that is. And she shares some eye-opening research and information that I think will will be intriguing to you. So without further ado, I'm going to jump into today's interview with Audrey Mann Cronin, CEO and founder of Say It Media Inc. Enjoy. Audrey Mann Cronin is an acknowledged communications expert in the tech industry, a women's advocate, writer, creator of community Our Digital Daughters, and CEO and founder of Say It Media Inc. Now that soft skills like oral communication accounts for the single greatest skill gap, she was motivated to create mobile app Like So, your personal speech coach to empower all of us to be better speakers. Audrey is a graduate of Cornell University and mentor for entrepreneurship at Cornell. You can follow her on Twitter at Man Cronin and for Like So on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Like So App. Audrey, welcome to the show. 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk with you today because this topic of filler words is one we don't get to often, but it's so important because we do it all the time, whether it's in one-on-one -on -one communications, public speaking, just group conversation, and I think it's something we can all work on. So Absolutely. thank you for being here. Absolutely. And I don't think anyone sits in their high school classroom saying, I'm going to build a career around filler words, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to know how you got into this type of work. Cause I'm sure it was something you figured out as you went along. Absolutely. Yes. I've, I've been working in communications my whole career, but in the tech industry from a marketing public relations branding standpoint, and I've done a bunch of presenting I've worked with a lot of clients on before they get in front of the reporter, before they get in front of the microphone, not just the substance of their speech and the positioning of their speech, but how to be articulate and clear in their messaging. And so the way people speak and how they sound has always been on my radar, even from the time I was a kid and singing in a band and doing a lot of theater, I've always been tuned in to how I sounded and to being as articulate and as confident truly as possible. And what gave you the idea for the app? Because maybe the work that you're building or you're doing with the app could be done with humans. Why, why did you decide to build an app? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Well, I do come from the tech industry. And honestly, I had this very defining week, uh, a week of epiphanies. It started with my daughter, who was at that point a 14-year-old teenager who had always been very well-spoken and poised. And I noticed that she was suddenly inserting all these likes and you knows into her sentences, totalies, whatever's, all those fillers. And I thought, oh no, I don't want to pick on her. She's such a good girl, but I don't want her falling into this verbal trap. And I have a younger son and I don't, you know, I don't want him to fall in too. So let me pull her out and figure out a way without picking on her to help her bring awareness to how she's speaking. I um, at that same week got an email from a colleague who said he had these three brilliant women that worked for him, but that the way that they spoke made him cringe in meetings and on the phone because of their use of fillers and other verbal habits like up talk, which is when you turn everything into a question, and a new phenomenon called vocal fry, yeah. which is <laughs> a, uh, a kind of the notion of frying an egg, that's how they got the name. It's its that crackly voice that Britney Spears and Kim Kardashian have made so popular. But they've done studies, and not for men, but for women, they say it makes them sound less confident, less confident, less attractive, less hireable. So all this was coming to play, and I had been reading so much about it. I the, at the end of the week, I had a doctor appointment, and I had been I blogged, so I was blogging about this idea, and I asked her about it, and she told me that she saw this issue even in the operating room that with male surgeons, and this is crazy, this 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 example, but it's true. She said that a male surgeon might just say scalpel, whereas a female surgeon would say, "Would you mind handing me the scalpel?" And <laughs> <laughs> something has to be done. So I started out writing and I wrote this blog post, why you should like, you know, say it like you mean it. Yeah. And 
and I started, I got tons of response from it. I did a lot of research. I spoke to speech language pathologists, HR people, linguists, teachers, professors, and they all said, yes, this is a big problem. So I thought, you know what? I work in tech. There really should be an app that brings awareness to this. Now that voice recognition has gotten good enough, why wouldn't there be an app that could capture our words, bring awareness to our use of fillers and other verbal habits and things like pacing and other diagnostics to help us all be more confident speakers? I love it. So what does the app actually do? The, we, we call the app your personal speech coach, like so your personal speech coach. And like so is all one word. Say it like so. Don't say like and so. That's where we got the name. And what it does is it uses the mic that's built in on your phone. It connects with voice recognition technology, just like your Siri. And there's two modes. One mode is called freestyle and one is called talk about. In freestyle mode, it's just an open mic for any upcoming presentation, speech, toast, anything that you have, an audition that you want to practice for. So you, you hit freestyle and you pick the length of time you want to speak for. And then there are 14 fillers that we listen for. Like, you know, so totally right, I mean, whatever, sorry, you get the idea. And then when you hit go, it, ca it listens to you, captures all your words, and gives you immediate results when you're done. So it'll say, you spoke, first of all, give you some verbal feedback. Well done, A plus or B minus or whatever the grade you get is, which is relative to a calculation of the total number of words you spoke, how many of those were fillers. It will break down which fillers they were, and then it'll give you your pacing. Obviously, if you speak too fast, People get lost. If you speak too slow, you might be droning on and on and losing their attention. So it gives you feedback also on pacing. Wow. And then it allows you to save your results. I love that. So that. That's just freestyle, though. The other one, the talk about, is a conversation game. And that gives you a choice of topics from the job interview, at work, debate team, speed dating, pop culture favorites. So there's a lot of different topics. And this is about speaking on the fly, being good on your feet. And it gives you prompts. So you pick a topic. It works the same as freestyle in that you pick a time. You pick, a, you pick the filler words you wanted to listen for or all of them. And then when you hit the topic, for example, if you pick the job interview, it'll give you five prompts per session. And it's 30 or 60 seconds per session. And you'll say, you'll get prompts like, what's your greatest strength? Or are you a team player? And then you've got to work on speaking on your toes. This seems like a fun game to play at a party, actually. I don't know if I'm just a total nerd, but I think I would love to play this. It is really <laughs> surprisingly fun. I, I kind of, I was thinking about this when I was designing it. You know the game Heads Up that Ellen DeGeneres has? Yeah. Yeah, I, it has a heads-up sensibility to it. In that, you you put a word up on your forehead that you can't see, and you try to get your friends to help you guess what it is. In this way, it's talking it out, and it can be really bonding. There 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 are topics like speed dating or small talk, or uh, debate team. In debate team, we got the content from the National Speech and Debate Association, and there are some really uh, I guess 
what's the word, poignant, or there's different topics that are really deep, things like if you're a female, women's equality, or the climate crisis, things that people really care about. And I think it helps you not just be articulate, but also gives you a chance to practice, what do I really think about the climate crisis? Nobody's ever asked me before. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, and then if you're in a group, then it, it, it spurs conversation. And there's a lot of talk today, and I'm sure you experience this too in your groups, where we don't get a chance to actually sit face-to-face, eye-to-eye with humans <laughs> and have conversation. And conversation is really everything to humanity. It's, it's so critical, and it's, it's so um, reinforcing of who we are as a people, and not to get so big about this, but I'm very passionate about us losing it by virtue of having our heads down and texting instead of talking. I totally agree. And I think it's what bonds us. And it, it's it's really, it's something that we've been doing for so long, both storytelling in groups and also just having that conversation. And it is an art to be able to articulate yourself and to listen to others and to build off of what they're saying. So Absolutely. I think this is, this is a wonderful product. So let's let's get down to the nitty gritty. What you mentioned a whole list of filler words earlier. Can we talk about those for a minute and and which words are classified as filler words and why we might not want to use them? Sure. Filler words are words that don't add any value. So they're just usually used because you're afraid of pausing and you might go like or so, right? They're, they're, they're really meant to just fill spaces in your speech where you might not be ready to say something of value (laughs) or you're just not ready to speak. Not to say that we don't all do it or most of us do it to a certain extent. And some words like the word so are transitionary. So, so you might, (laughs) could be used correctly. Why do you think we use filler words? Sorry? Why do you think we use filler words? Like, is is it a fear of silence? Like, what is it? Well, yes, it's a fear of silence. Absolutely. I think that's the number one reason. It's also really contagious. If you're ever, I know with my teenagers and with millennials and with my own friends, if one of them starts using a word all the time, I pick up on it. Mm -hmm. And then I think, wow, I never used to say that, but now I say it all the time. must be because I've been hanging out with so-and-so, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very much, they say, the way we speak is a tribal form of bonding. And that is absolutely true. We We all have our own way of speaking in groups, and it's fine until you get into that moment when you're, it matters where the rubber hits the road and you're about to do an interview or doing a presentation. And I say that it's fine, but it, it's fine up to a point also. Even if, if you have a friend that says like every other word, it is distracting. And you really, you really want to watch out for that. Hmm. Are there filler words that are more popular with women than men? There's so much research being done on this. The one word that I built into the app that is certainly more popular with women is sorry. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that sorry is actually, if you talk to a linguist, a filler word. 
but it's certainly something that I'm guilty of and that many women are guilty of apologizing all the time. There was a whole campaign. It might have been, what was it, Clairol or some women's product that did this terrific commercial where every moment she was going into a meeting or she was handing her husband the baby or what, whatever scenario she was in, she was apologized. Sorry, can you hold the baby? Sorry, can I bother you for a minute? And we all tend to apologize to, to, to be more likable, to build consensus, but we don't need to always apologize. It's, it doesn't help us necessarily in, a, in being powerful, persuasive speakers. We, we want to be compelling in what we say, and we don't need to apologize all the time. So I built Sorry into the app for that reason. Oh, that's so interesting. I can't wait to try that. <laughs> I, I've heard that filler words can make a presentation sound more conversational. What's your take on that? I don't agree. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think if you listen to somebody that does, if you listen to TED Talks, for example, or which is, those are so practiced. They don't use filler words. If you listen to a, your favorite speaker, maybe it's Michelle Obama or whoever whoever you think gives a beautiful speech, Eleanor Roosevelt. There's no there. They don't use filler words. They they'll use one correctly. Uh, and you know, they'll use a like or so correctly. But if you say conversational in that that notion of well, it's how we speak today and it. It level sets it. I'm just like you. Yes, I, I suppose. But no, it doesn't. It's not necessary to put it into a presentation. I've heard the same thing about Upspeak, too, that it can make your audience feel like you're chatting with them and it's less formal versus the more practiced approach like a TED Talk. Would you say the same thing to that? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Uptalk, so many... So many men say to me when I start talking to them that they really don't like up talk. I don't know why it hits men so hard. But it's all, again, about, well, we want to build consensus. We want to be likable. So we make everything a question because we don't want to put people on the spot. And I think it's okay once in a while. It's just not okay to do consistently because you want to sound like you know what you're talking about and you're not always looking for approval. Am I worthy? Am I worthy? Am I worthy? Right? <laughs> right. You can see in a face that she never feels like she's worthy. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And being able to just present your, your idea as a, a sentence brings more power and strength and confidence to, yes. yeah, to what you're sharing. That's a good, that's a good, uh, <laughs> can't think of the word <laughs> challenge for our listeners today to yeah. and it is about confidence you're absolutely right you sound so much more confident if you lay it out there than if you put a question mark at the end do you have an example of how a filler word can dramatically change the impact of a sentence well i mean that that's going off of ripping off of the sorry it absolutely can if you don't apologize and you just say it like it is, or as I used to say, say it like you mean it. Now I say, say it like so, because of my app being like so. <laughs> it absolutely impacts the power of your sentence. Do you think it can make us sound immature? Well, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily like to blame teenagers and talk about teenager, teen, it being teenage speak, but that is 
certainly epidemic with them. This idea of <laughs> using light constantly. I have teenagers and sometimes I'm in the I'm driving them and they're in the back seat and I just I just can't imagine what's going on. <laughs> I want to do something, I'm biting my tongue. But yes, it's it it is it has been called teen speak for sure. So we're throwing out a lot of ideas and reasons why we might want to stop doing this. Can you share a couple strategies that will help us avoid using filler words that we could maybe start trying today? Sure, sure. Well, I do have my top 10 tips to say it like so, and they're in my blog on, so my app is like so, but my blog is say it like so. So if you, I can um say, so it's, I'll get into that after, but okay, so here's, here's three. So the first one, and we talked about this a little bit, is to learn to breathe the pause. So instead of filling what should be empty spaces in your speech, take a breath and allow yourself and your friends or colleagues to absorb your thoughts and ideas and then keep going. I know we're all afraid. I think you said this before. We're afraid of that empty space, but it does allow people to take in what you're saying. So, so that's one. One thing, I just want to add something to that because sure. I've always struggled with the pause, especially when I was starting out speaking, because I feel like when you're giving a speech, time and space are somehow altered. And you, <laughs> <laughs> and a minute on stage can feel like 10 seconds or 10 minutes, depending on how practiced you are and how comfortable you are. So one thing I do is I actually count in my head three seconds before I speak again, because I really have no concept of how much time has passed. Have you ever heard that before? That's great. That is a, that's a great tip. I love that. Yes, I know just what you mean. Sometimes it feels like it's going it's flying by and you know then that's probably a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> Feel like you've been up there forever. That's probably not such a good sign. Yeah. I love that's a great one. I'm going to add that the, the counting the just 3 seconds. Yes. And it gives you a chance to really look at your audience too and see how they're responding and make that eye contact. I mean, it, we're doing this via Skype, so I can't see you, but I love it when we pause and then you, and I know that you're listening. And I think that's really hard to do nowadays because I do a lot of presenting on Skype and I, I can't see my audience. It's, I, I can't see everybody and it's so hard to read them. So it's even, I think, more scary nowadays when you're doing interviews via Skype or on the phone to take that moment. I do a lot of interviews too with media for my clients and and myself and I say to my clients let the reporter hear what you're saying before you respond right D don't keep talking <laughs> but it's hard yeah definitely so what's another tip that this one kind of goes with with claim the stage but what happens in rehearsal ends up on stage so this idea of before you get on stage practice and obviously, I would recommend using my app as a way to practice because you can save your results and see how you're doing over time. Like so gives you a way to set a goal. So if you have a presentation that's coming up, you can, if you swipe right on the app, you can pick your, in a drop down, pick what's the speaking opportunity that you have, whether it's be a presentation or a toast or an audition or a speech, a length of time and then a date. And it allow you 
to practice and give you notifications. You have 10 days until your presentation, keep practicing, and it gives you points so it's gamified. And like a fitness tracker, it will show you via a curve how you're doing over a day, week, month, year, and when you hit your goal, it'll get you a congratulations. You hit your goal, you did the speech in the amount of time with no fillers and so forth. But of course, there's looking in the mirror, there's using a video camera, uh, just make sure you practice. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the number one key to public speaking is the practice. And it sounds like your app makes it really fun, too. So if you're serious about being a better speaker, being able to track it is so huge. Yes. Yeah, you save your results and then you can actually see and you see your score and your grade. And it is fun. We wanted we wanted the app to be motivational. We wanted it to be diagnostic, but also that balance because we want people to use it like they would a fitness tracker. We talk about speech fitness and and bringing awareness to it and allowing you to practice over time. You don't run a marathon in one day, right? You practice over time. It takes time to perfect your speaking skills and just to get comfortable with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So even if you're even if you think you're flawless and you don't use any fillers at all, it's so helpful to practice and have this app record you and then give you results and see how you're doing with your pacing, the amount of words you're saying. Like you said, time is such a crazy thing when you're actually up there. Yeah, definitely. You know, I've spent a lot of time practicing my public speaking skills, and I haven't done a lot of really focused practice on interpersonal communication, but I feel that it's been impacted and I've benefited from public speaking training in those one-on-one conversations. But I definitely notice a huge difference when I'm on stage and the way I'm speaking versus the way I talk to people when I'm just sitting in a, in, you know, at, at a cafe or something with them. And I'm, I'm aware of it. And I think, wow, I'm, I, I'm a, like a different person right now <laughs> sitting in this chair. And, and I'm thinking, I think about it a lot now. And I wonder, how do I take some of that, those skills that I learned on stage and start bringing them into these conversations? Because it's not like I'm sloppy, but I, I definitely don't put as much effort into the, the pauses and being more concise. And what's my point? I kind of have a more conversational approach. Yeah. And has there ever been a better time to be substantive and articulate and confident? I think not to get political, but there's so many issues now at play. And if you have the opportunity to talk to a friend, because our friends really matter just as much, right? It's it's really important to know that you're ready to speak and, and say and and say what you mean, but say it in a way that's clear and delivers what your ideas are, not just echoing what your friends are saying. So this idea of talk about, that talk about mode and giving you prompts, even if they're fun, like Lady Gaga, or <laughs> it doesn't have to be the climate crisis or it could just be something in the entertainment world it's still a chance to work on how you speak conversationally. And I could go on and on about this, but there's uh, Alan Alda, if you remember Alan Alda, he was an actor, now he's really big with Scientific American. He just wrote a book about science and communication and why we're talking about, we're questioning facts and we're questioning science. And And he attributes it to our ability to communicate and, and, and being able to talk about things in a way that's understandable 
and and um, and and clear. And I think that is with what's going on with technology and the media and the internet. It's such a critical time. Communications being up upended with all of this. We have to remember that we're humans yeah. <laughs> and that we have empathy for each other. So, do you have any last strategies that will help us to avoid filler words? Um, well, I mean, we talked about this also too, but if you find somebody that you think is a great speaker, read that speech out loud, find it on the internet and read it out loud because hearing what good writing sounds like can be really helpful in reinforcing your own communication habits. Do you have any stories that could help to illustrate how filler words ruined a presentation or dramatically reduced its impact and could have been, and how it could have been avoided? I, my daughter's a senior in high school, and I was recently at a college meeting with a admissions person on stage. I won't give away what college he was from, but it was a top-notch school. And after every, at the end of every sentence, she ended it with, okay, okay. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, is it just me because I'm so tuned into this? Or does this sound A, patronizing <laughs> and B, irritating <laughs> because she keeps saying, okay, yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that that's a recent one that comes to mind. Yeah, it's distracting, right? To hear someone consistently using filler words, and it takes away from the whole purpose of the meeting. It it, it absolutely did. It, it, and, and a couple of friends of mine leaned over and said, "I know this is bothering you, Audrey. Yeah. <laughs> it's bothering us too." <laughs> Do you have any last pieces of advice before we jump into the lightning round? Sure. <laughs> well. You do a lot for women. So I want to thank you for that because I'm a women's advocate as well. And I truly believe we don't need any more obstacles in our way. I I very much believe in riffing off of Sheryl Sandberg. Before you lean in, make sure that you're practiced. Make sure that you're ready to be compelling in what you say. But don't be intimidated at the same time. We... um. We want to practice because we want to be powerful and persuasive and all those good things. And it really is the key to success. Absolutely. Well said. All right. We're going to jump into the lightning round. We have five quick questions with Audrey. Number one, what's the number one piece of advice you have for women who want to be well-known speakers? So I don't necessarily work. I'm not anybody that's a speech coach. I've done media training, but I'm not a professional speech coach or I don't work with people that want to be professional speakers necessarily, but I think it all goes back to being confident and practicing. Number two, do you have a personal operating philosophy? And if so, what is it? I'm going to be so redundant here. (laughs) (laughs) Practice makes progress. I don't know if you're redundant. You're consistent. That's a really good thing. You're consistent. I like that. (laughs) Number three, what advice would you give to your 25-year-old self? Yes. Well, I, I, I had this experience that always comes to mind when I get asked about my own trajectories. I, I was, as a younger person, very involved in theater. I took singing lessons. I, uh, I really loved the stage. And then when I got into the workplace, one of my very first jobs, I had this horrible boss, a horrible, horrible boss. 
And at one of our first meetings, he told me to just sit in the corner. I wasn't allowed at the table. I wasn't allowed at that proverbial table, right? Getting a seat at the table. And he said, just sit there and just take notes. And if I, uh, it really did me in. I really lost confidence there. For, I think for a while, I felt that maybe I wasn't as smart as I thought I was. I wasn't. My Ivy League education and all the years I spent working in uh, in other in, in my previous jobs didn't matter because this boss didn't think I was worthy. So I think my 25-year-old self, I would try to reinforce this idea that you are worthy that you are smart and you do deserve a seat at the table. Yes. And number four, what advice do you have for your 75-year-old self? I love that one too. I hope I'm I'm alive at 75. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to live till I'm 100. Uh, I I would say I, I do think I'm getting wiser and when I look back, and see the trajectory that my career has taken, it does seem to all kind of make sense that I started out as a, as a kid on the stage singing, and, and, and then I worked in communications, and now I have an app. It all seems to flow together nicely. So I hope at that point I have more wisdom, and I would say keep, keep on keeping on and help people out there. I think people need a lot of support. I know the good work that you do, you see this too, that it really helps to come together and to help people and to help them have confidence. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And number five, if you had to pick one object to represent yourself, what would you pick? Yeah, I wanted to be clever about this, but I guess because this app that I created is, I'm so passionate about it. And because it is an object, (laughs) I would say that my app, represents my belief in being in my mission and helping everybody be more confident, more practiced, more powerful communicators. It really matters. It's the number one key to success today. It used to be that when you'd be in the workforce, it was the uh, the skills that you were learning were all computer and technical skills. Now the skills gap where people are lacking is in communication. And, and other, they call them soft skills, which I think is really interesting, right? That people, that we're not coming into the workforce with the skills that we need to be good, collaborative, interactive workers mm-hmm. and speakers. And so I, um, my app, I'm hoping, will help people. And, and I've gotten some really affirmational stories that make me cry that how it's, how it's helping people be more successful. Oh, that's great. And, and lastly, what does it mean to you to claim the stage? Well, I love being on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's the confidence to, to, to be able to lead. Is there anything you'd like to share with my audience, like any offers or events? Um, well, I my offer is to please try like so and let me know what you think. Reach out. I would love to hear from you. It's just 99 cents in the app store. So it's like so all one word app. And then yes, I'd love to hear from you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You started out the show mentioning I'm at man Cronin, my personal uh, Twitter. And then for like, so it's at like, so app on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. 
Excellent. And how can we get more information about you and your blog? Yeah. So um, if, if you go to the App Store, you can learn about the app. But if you want to learn about more, because I have a blog on there, I actually even have I started this thing called a verbal habitionary. So I didn't feel there were, that there were the right words today to talk about our new sociolinguistics and what's going on with how we speak. So if you go to sayitlikeso.com, that's where my Say It Like So blog is. That's where my verbal habitionary is. That's where I have uh, a program to help with training and all these different and videos and all different content to learn more about how to be a confident speaker. Perfect. Well, Audrey, thanks so much for coming on the show today and talking to us about filler words. Always important to get more information on how to be a stronger communicator, a clearer communicator, and to just say say it like so. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Angela. And again, thank you for all the good work that you do. Thank you. You too. Okay, there you have it. Today's interview about filler words. What is your next step? How are you going to avoid using those filler words? Highly recommend downloading Audrey's app, which by the way, is 99 cents. This is a tool that could change your life. And it's 99 cents. That's amazing. That's like a third of what you pay for a coffee these days, right? I just use two filler words. All right. All right. I... If you like today's episode, please consider rating it on iTunes. It's really simple. It takes two minutes. You can fill in how many stars and write a quick review, and it helps people to find it. And one of my goals is to help more women improve their public speaking skills. So you can help me with that mission by rating and reviewing it today. And if you want more public speaking tips, you can sign up for my newsletter at AngelaLucier.us. You guys, this is the last time you're going to hear from me before episode 50, our big one-year anniversary event. I'm putting this episode together right now and could not be more excited to share the contents of this episode with you, but we have to wait until next Wednesday. So in between now and then, please get some sleep. Don't forget to brush your teeth, tell your loved ones that you love them, pet your cat, and I will see you soon. As always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.